Welcome into another episode of Behind the Catch Fence. I'm your host, David Hoffman. Today, it is episode 40, and since we're in our 40s, finally, we have a special interview episode. But before I begin, I'd like to give a quick shout out to No Copyright Music on YouTube. They're the ones creating the music that I'm playing. It's obviously no copyright music, so it's free. I'd like to thank you guys for that. With me being a very, very broke college student, <laughs> I'm grateful for you guys. Go subscribe to them, No Copyright Music. So today, like I mentioned, it is a special interview episode on episode 40. It's the IndyCar offseason and, you know, it's very much <laughs> annoying because all we want to do is watch some race cars fly by and obviously NASCAR is coming to a close here soon, uh, IMSA as well, and, you know, like, we're all ready just to watch some racing. I don't care what it is, but uh, so to, I guess, get your interest back in, you know, really help you guys, you know, feel a little bit better, like, you know, and like say, hey, hey, there's like some racing content. So today I have a Stingray Rob Indie Lights driver who just announced that he is moving over from Uncos Racing to Andretti Autosport for the 2022 Indie Lights season. Uh, Stingray, it's always great talking to him. Uh, you know, so humble. Uh, his, his analysis of everything's so top-notch and just how he just carries himself as a such is so enjoyable to listen to and uh, some of the things you'll hear in this episode may include um, all sorts of things just like you know how his season last you know in 2021 went uh, just you know how he grew as a person uh, and, you know how about you know how the whole Andretti Autosport you know that signing how that went down and and then of course we had to ask a couple fun questions which included talking about Thanksgiving favorite favorite dishes for Thanksgiving which that is two and a half weeks away which is crazy to think about um, you know, and all, everything in between from growing a beard, <laughs> anything. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, maybe some, you know, leftover candy from Halloween, some Reese's cup, something like that. Not really a Reese's cup guy, but you know, let me know otherwise what the best chocolate is. Uh, let me know in the comments below, but you know, enjoy this episode with Stingray Rob. <laughs> Hey, Stingray, can you hear me? Hey, man, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I could. <laughs> awesome. I've never seen those type of headphones before. Those things are huge. <laughs> I know. They look really big. They're actually what I use for running. Okay, yeah. So they stay in my ear really well. <laughs> I had a problem with like the regular AirPods or whatever that tend to fall out of my ear. So I had to get yeah. something that's a little bigger that stays in. <laughs> I always had that issue. You know, I used to have like the ones with like these wire ones. They'd be bouncing out and I'd have to wear a hat even though it's like 90 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not exactly. doing that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, so you, how, how, or what was the travel back from uh, the test? Like, I know you mentioned that was, that had to be a long haul. Yeah, here, I'm going to scoot this a little closer here. <laughs> there. Um, yeah, it was all right. You know, with the flights lately, it seems like uh, everyone's getting delayed at some point in their travel. So we've been trying to be careful on flying into wherever we're going just a couple of days ahead. But um, coming back, we left, you know, Monday afternoon and it was only like a six and a half ish hour flight back, but the delays got us a little tangled up. So we got home pretty late, but that's all right. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, the big news uh, before we get into the test was you're moving over to Andretti Autosport. So congratulations on that. That's a huge Thank deal. You. Uh, Thank how you. Did, how did that kind of formulate? Because I was kind of like caught off guard a little bit by that. Yeah. Um, well, we had been talking with uh, a couple of teams during the season, um, just just trying to make plans for 2022. And 
Uh, Andretti gave us an opportunity and it was one of those things that you don't really want to pass up on. So, um, and I think obviously with Peter Rossi being a part of the Andretti family a little bit, he had some, uh, some influence in that. And it wasn't, it wasn't that, that wasn't the only reason why we decided to go there. You know, it was, it was good to have him have those connections, but, uh, we decided on going with Andretti just because we thought that was the place where I could grow the most um, and see the best results. You know, they have so many resources to pull from. And so when you look at the end of the day about who's going to be able to adapt conditions the most, if there's a, a new tech item that needs to come into play or things like that, Andretti was the place that we thought was, was going to have those resources to adapt and uh, learn the most from. And just, you mentioned this with the resources, how, confident does that make you going like forward you know knowing that a team like that believes in you that much that they're going to say hey come drive these cars who you know obviously Kyle Kirkwood won the championship this past season Mm -hmm. in one of those cars no it's awesome it's a huge boost of confidence for me you know just those couple days in the car I got to see what a difference it makes to have those resources and as a driver you don't really see that unless you're getting to experience it with the team so I think in the next couple of tests, we'll see that I'll be growing even more as a driver. Um, and that's obviously the goal. If we can get better every single day, then we can uh, do a lot at the end of the season. So I'm just really excited. I've, I'm happy to work with my engineers so far. The team is awesome. Like everyone on the team works so well together. They're so motivated. And that was one of the things that I noticed first off was Juncos was a great family, family environment. You know, there was Ricardo working on the car, Alejandro working on the car. Um, and those guys, they, they worked with passion because it was their livelihood, but Andretti, they seem to be working on it as if it's a business. And I think that that's really cool to see just because they're still motivated. They're still excited to be there and they're still striving for greatness, even though that it's not their namesake, you know, it's, it's people that are working with Michael Andretti and those guys that are, um, hands handpicked, I guess you could say. And to feel like I've been a little bit of that same thing is pretty inspiring. And you mentioned the open tests. Uh, just what all, or how was like the gelling process those couple of days that you were able to be with the team? You know, I thought it was pretty good. The car was a little bit different to the Hunkos car in a few aspects. So um, the first day, first couple of sessions, it took me a little bit to get used to that. And then once that came along, I could feel everything quite well in the car. And um, my engineer is awesome. Uh, I think that we, we worked and communicated pretty well together for only having one to two days um, communication ahead of time. So I think that that'll just get better as we go through the season. And um, with the rest of the team, it's obviously pretty good. The other drivers were great to work with, Hunter and Christian and Maddie. Uh, they're all great wheels. I mean, if you look at that driver lineup, if they end up signing, I don't know if there's any other driver lineup in the field that will be able to compete with that just because – there's some really dang good drivers there that have got a really good record. And um, I don't know, I'm excited for the season. I think the the biggest competitors I, I, I'll have will be sitting right across the table from me. And you mentioned this with having your main competitors, like you mentioned, just with uh, being your teammates, how does that kind of help you and help kind of elevate your game with having those guys in the room week in and week out with you? Yeah. Kind of the old saying is iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So I think that we're all going to improve as the season gets on. Um, and with Andretti, they do such a good job of communicating with the other uh, members in the team to help each other grow. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what their goal is. They want to see their team succeed. So getting to share that data, getting to share uh, that info where this 
car might have tried this change or this car might have tried this change and what worked and what didn't work. What did the drivers feel? They do a good job of relaying that to each other. And I think when we do that throughout the season, we'll be able to see uh, at the end of weekends when, when we're doing better than other teams because of that. And just uh, what are some of the things that kind of stuck out with you with the tests? I know you, you won it, you know, at Indy back in Indy pro 2000, back in 2020, uh, just kind of what were, were there any type of changes that you noticed, I guess, from even this, this past season to like the tests, you know, this past weekend? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously track layout was a little bit different this time. So that was kind of fun to see. It's something different, something refreshing to see at the track, but, um, you know, working with Indy lights car is a bit different than the, when I was winning in the Indy pro 2000 car, I had three years in the seat in the Indy pro 2000 car at that point. So uh, lots of experience to pull from there, but I still feel like I'm learning in the Indy lights. Um, obviously this weekend was uh, a bit of a re refresher course in how to drive the car just because it's a little different, but, um, I think just getting comfortable in a car showing up at the track is more important than knowing the track itself, because each car is going to handle differently. Um, and you do a change on the car and you have to adapt to that. So I was really interested to see how little things make a big difference this weekend testing, because we were, we were going through a list of items that we wanted to try. And when we were going through that list, I could feel each and every change just about, and each one had a different way. I mean, when you're engineering a car, typically you're fighting balance. So understeer, oversteer, and there's several ways you can do any one of those things. So say you have oversteer, you can uh, adjust springs, dampers, arrow, uh, ride height, um, bars. I mean, there's like six to 10 different things that you could do that might or might not work. And each one, it does it in a different way. And so seeing those changes and how each one affects the, the end result of the oversteer and at which phase of the corner and everything, it was cool to see like, okay, now I'm starting to figure out what I need from the car, what I want from the car, the kind of driving style that I have that, that suits that. Um, so yeah. And to see Andretti also have the experience with so many drivers, even in IndyCar. I mean, that's one thing that is just so amazing is they can pull knowledge from IndyCar, find out from those drivers, what to do, what setups work there. Um, and it, we call it imagineering sometimes uh, where you're engineering the car based off a, a creative idea that you might have. So I think a lot of that trickles down into Indy lights, which is cool to see. And just with, I know there's so many moving parts with trying to adjust what feels the best. It's like, like as a driver, how much have you learned just with, you know, at least like learning the mechanical side of things and knowing this will work a little bit better than this, you know, certain thing. Oh, I've learned so much. And I think mostly in like the last four months, um, because with Hunkos, we were testing a lot at the end of the season during the race weekend. And that's not something that you typically would like to do, but it allowed me to, to figure out what each change did more in depth, um, especially for this car. And the same thing this, this last weekend at Chris Griffiths, uh, just trying little changes here and there that might or might not work. And, you know, it all is pretty basic mechanics, right? Like we're not overthinking it, trying to get the car to, roll over a 50 foot jump at this speed kind of a deal. You know, it's, it's all fairly basic if you break it down into its basic elements. So um, I think for me, it's learning what I would like more than anything, because if you put one, one more degree of rake in a car versus one more degree in the front wing or whatever else, it's going to do the same thing just in a different way. And so it's figuring out which way I want to achieve that end result. 
Yeah, I know. I had <laughs> the only experience I have with that is on like a video game. <laughs> to say it doesn't work out yeah. too well. <laughs> so default <laughs> setups for the win. <laughs> um, but that's good. Uh, you know, just I know this past season wasn't you know the most. I, I don't know. It wasn't like the most successful, uh, at least like on the track. How do you feel you're able just to? Uh, I guess or how did you feel like you were able to like to learn and grow as a person, like through all like the adversity with it? Um. It was tough. I got to be honest, you know, coming off of such a high season, like we had in 2020, winning the championship and doing it in a uh, pretty dominant fashion to step into the Indy lights car and expect to do some of that same thing, but uh, not have those results was disappointing to say the least. But uh, during the season, I learned uh, that my identity is not found in the results. My identity is found in uh, whose I am, um, you know, talking about my faith and uh, I learned a lot about myself in that throughout the season. And I think that I learned how to fight through that a little bit differently. You know, I I've said the verse before, but James one is always a verse that I go back to talking about how those trials that we go through are for a reason and that we should rejoice in those trials because we know that it's building something in us that some others might not have. Um, and so when we keep the faith and follow what God has for us, and I think in those stages, it's even more, um, important because it's like when you're working out if you're working out you're you're tearing small muscle fibers and when those muscle fibers come back they come back bigger and stronger so i think it's the same idea in life when we go through those tough times and we're able to fight back and come through them um, it's building our capacity and so i think that for myself this last season was building my capacity as well as teaching me how to uh, be a teammate through it all and trying to go through the struggles. You know, one thing I've learned over the last couple of years, and I think everyone has learned because of COVID is that uh, community is important and having a good community around you to struggle with. And I don't mean like you're fighting against each other. I just mean like we're guaranteed struggles in this life. Um, we're human. We're going to fail. We're going to fall short. We're going to see those moments where we're not going to succeed. Um, but when you have someone alongside you, it makes it so much more worth it, so much more valuable. And so getting to experience that firsthand this last season and learning from that, I think was really important for me. And I think just, you know, you bring up so many great points is the fact that I know, you know, one of the things I've, you know, had to really learn is just like, this isn't, you know, maybe something doesn't work out for a certain reason, but at the end, like, I know it's going to make me stronger and God's doing it for such an incredible reason. You know, obviously a lot of times you don't know the outcome until who knows how long after, but kind of having that confidence and knowing that, Hey, like, you know, God knows what he's doing. Like he knows what you're going to eat how many years from now or you know, like mm -hmm. literally anything. It's, it's just such a, you know, it's like a cool thing to be able to know that, you know, like in learning, you know, like it's going to get worked out and what God has for you is a, a lot better than, you know, what you may think in your mind in that very moment. Yeah. And also I just want to add to that because I think it's important to see the trials, something that God is doing. So when we ask for something in prayer, when we're, when we're, when we want something, God recognizes that and he understands us because he knows our heart. And he promises us that when we have our eyes set on him, that he'll give us what our heart wants. And so when we go through those trials, we have to remember that even if it is tough, even if it doesn't feel like you're going to fall down, even though it does feel like you're, you're failing, that God's got it through it all. And he's using it for a reason. Um, and it's all working towards the end goal. And at the very least, it's a reminder of what's to come. You know, I always say that uh, whatever trials we go through here are temporary and that this is not our home and that our goal is to, to live a life that's uh, Christ-like and to, to be with him one day. And so 
no matter what we go through here, it's just a, a temporary thing. It's, you know, the life is a vapor. So might as well take hold of it, learn from the trials, learn from the struggles and uh, don't move on until, until you're ready to learn from them. Man, I'll tell you one thing. I feel motivated. <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's one of the things I always enjoy talking with you with is, you know, you have such a great head on your shoulders, you know, and you know, it's always great Thanks, talking man. to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but uh, you were at the Indy 500 this year. Um, I was. Just as a spectator, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How was that experience for you? Uh, and I know that was like your first time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I got a little spoiled because there was so few people there in the stands. So I was able to move around a little bit, but um, I was actually with some of my investors that have been going to Indy 500 for several years. So they kind of showed us the ropes, which was kind of funny because normally that's my job during the weekend and to show them the ropes behind the scenes. But, um, you know, it makes you realize why the culture is so big around Indianapolis in racing and motorsports, because that race is unbelievable. The Indy 500 is something that I think everyone should experience at some point in their life, even if they don't have any experience in motorsports, just because it is the whole atmosphere there. And when you see 33 cars roll off the grid and go 200 miles an hour, there's something about that that just kind of, you know, raises the hair on your arms to go, those are humans. Those are people out there. Like, what are we doing? So it's cool to see uh, what, what we're capable of as humans. And when we're all together, like that is, it's inspiring, you know, to see that. And it, it gives me hope for what's to come just because uh, that's where I've been working towards my whole life. So to see that finally in person before I'm there, I think was important for me. I was at that race too with my fiance. It was her first race. It was funny because the oh, first wow. time they go whipping by, she's just like, like this is like the craziest thing ever. Uh, you know, like obviously with Elio winning, that was pretty special. <laughs> that was a special race. I don't think that uh, we'll see any like that. I mean, it seemed like a pretty boring race overall just because there wasn't a lot of action happening but there was a lot of moving, you know, mm. mid pack. It seemed like when you got guys like Will Power started at the back of the field, yep. that never happened. So to see him kind of working his way through and trying to figure things out was pretty neat. And then, I mean, Scott Dixon, who else was it that had those issues in the middle of the race? Rossi, that, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many things that can go wrong, but also go right at the 500. Yep. So it was kind of cool to, to see that just how, how much of a strategy plays into it. You mentioned those guys that were all the way in the back. Pagano, what he, where was he like starting like twenties into the finishing yeah. third or something? He was he was catching, you know, yeah, Polo and Elio there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. The five hundred is so unique in that sense, just because you never know. <laughs> you really never know. Do you like? I guess like when you're watching it, how often are you like wait? Can, like, is there any like that thought of like the surreal like wait? I could actually be in this event here like in a couple of years. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Like I'm looking at it going, taking notes almost of, okay, what did they do there? Because I need to know that when, when I get there. So that was kind of funny this year, signing with Andretti. It's something that I've always dreamed of signing with a big name like that. And, uh, when we moved into that seat, it felt so natural. Like there was no discomfort or feeling like this second, uh, second person view, you know, where I'm, I'm looking at myself going, man, I don't feel like I should be here because I've been looking at it so long. It just felt like the right step. And I think the same thing will happen when I go into an Indy car seat or wherever I may land, just because it's, it's what we work towards and it takes a long time to get to that level. So um, it is inspiring to see. It is cool to see that in person and then think, okay, this is awesome. I love this and I can do this someday. So I was going to say, I know like, 
you know, since most of the Indy Light season is running those double headers, uh, how much does that help? Especially, like you'll even, I'm sure, uh, I don't know how much, but like watching even like the Indy Car series out there, how much do you kind of like take from number one the double headers, and then two just you know just the series, like the Indy Car series when they're run at the same track. Well, first off, the double headers, they're really good for up and coming drivers in the road to Indy just because you get so much more seat time. Um, I think you learn the most in a race than you would in a whole test weekend um, as a driver driving the car because tires fall off, conditions change, and you're out there for such a long time that you can try different things on the racetrack. So a race is really important. Um, and I think guys that are racing more are going to grow more. So there's that side of things. And also if you have an incident on day one, let's say, say you get taken out in turn one, you always have day two to come back. And so it's cool to see like how drivers adapt and overcome um, in those situations where uh, they can kind of reset that night, figure out what they need to do, come back the next day and then do well the next day. So it kind of gives you a chance for recovery. Whereas the, the single races, it's kind of just a one and done deal. What happens happens. You better just work your tail end off because that's the only chance you get. So um, but I think it's cool having IndyCar there. We can learn a lot from them uh, just because we get to see line changes. We get to see how they race, where they're passing. And I think for younger drivers coming up, it's a good reminder. I mean, we're watching them on track. And so that's inspiring to us to say, okay, I want to be there. And it's very tangible because they're, they're right there next to you. It's a really good point. And, uh, you know, just with, you know, with the season, you know, all done for the most part. Uh, how many tests do you guys end up having between now and, you know, when the 2022 season starts? It sounds like we're going to have quite a few, which is nice because last year I only got a couple before we were really in the season um, at Barber. So I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. And I think that I'm going to have uh, at least three um, before Christmas time. So that's, that's more than I had at all last year mm -hmm. <laughs> combined. So uh, I'm excited to, you know, be in the car and working with a team. And I think that we're going to learn a lot with four drivers. There's so many things you can try, um, on the racetrack at a test session. So you don't have to, you know, uh, all be on the same package. You kind of validate each other in some changes and then also, uh, branch out and try new ones. And so everyone can kind of learn from that, which is cool. And, you know, besides running those tests, which will obviously be really, really, you know, great to have, uh, what else do you have planned for uh, the off season? Cause I know it's pretty long outside of the testing. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually working on getting my real estate license right now back home. Uh, my uncle's a realtor. And so I actually stay with him during the week, uh, when I'm home and work and try and learn from him. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my goal during this off season is that I can start to sell a few properties that, uh, make a little bit money on the side and also just learning a new trade. I think it's a good time for us to do it, especially in Idaho. Housing market is absolutely exploding. So uh, it's a good time to, to be a realtor and not a good time to buy, but it's a good time to sell. So I think for uh, a lot of people, it's, it's interesting to see where that's going. And I think that it's going to affect the economy as well. So being in the know there is something I think is important, but uh I was looking at doing the Baja 1000 at some point, but that, that deal kind of fell through just because of timing. And, um, I would like to be maybe driver coaching at some point during this off season. Um, just because I'm at a point in stage in my career where I think I can share a lot. I did some driver coaching earlier this year in go-karts at a local go-kart track and just like LO206 juniors. So 
there's a lot of kids out there that I got to, to meet and greet and also help out. And I think that passing that along to, to people is really important because you learn more about yourself when you're coaching sometimes than you would otherwise. And it's cool to see what you know. You don't, you don't really know what you know until you have to pass it along. So um, I, I want to do that, but also living in Idaho, obviously it's hunting season coming up. So I'll be doing a little bit of bird hunting, a little bit of snow skiing and uh, just enjoying life. And you mentioned this with, uh, I don't, I honestly don't really know a whole lot about what all is in Idaho. Um, I don't know how often <laughs> you, you get that question, but like you mentioned hunting and uh, what else I guess, is there to, you know, like do like, um, I know I've seen you do all sorts of like stuff, like whether it's like out on the water or a lake or something like that. Is that like other things that you know, you're able to do? Yeah. So like during the summer or spring or even fall time, um, I'll go mountain biking a little bit. You know, we got some really good trails in the area just outside of Boise. So uh, there's a lot of people that end up just going on the, on the trails and going up a mountain and picking one and choosing where you want to go. But um, we also do a lot of boating this summer with my family. And then every 4th of July, just about until like the last couple of years when 4th of July races were scheduled. But anyways, we try and still go. We go to a, a place called Hell's Canyon, which is a big river gorge in the area. And so we'll camp out for a week under the stars and play on the boat all day and just hang out with family. So it's a good time to catch up. But also I'm, I'm involved in a, a couple of church groups in the area. So um, there's a local Christian campus, college campus near us. And so I'll do a Bible study on Monday nights there. And then also a young adults group on, on Tuesday nights. So I'm trying to grow those group or grow into those groups a little bit where I can kind of uh, share that community. like we talked about earlier and how important that is. So um, yeah, that's going to be my off season for the most part. Hopefully I'll be playing busy. And from the sounds of it, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It is, yeah, I know. And this sounds like a really peaceful, I guess, great atmosphere overall. Just you mentioned with like the mountains and everything, it just seems mm -hmm. like you're able to be more, I guess, one with nature per se. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I was talking the other day with someone and uh, they're like, man, you don't really see too many race car drivers or anyone from Idaho. And I think the reason is because we're kind of a jack of all trades community. You got guys that are mountain biking, snow skiing, boating, surfing, whatever else. And they're really good at all of them, but they're not great at all of them you know so it's kind of like there's too many things to do there's so many things that we can do that it, it's it's good i mean it's a versatile way of living there's a lot that you can learn from in the area um i mean we got actually you know what i'm overselling idaho stay away no vacancy yeah <laughs> keep it peaceful <laughs> yeah no it is really good though i mean even as much growing as it's done in the last few years those people aren't trying to change the community they're helping it so um I've really enjoyed getting to, to meet new people in the area as well as seeing where the community is going, where the, the state's going and what, what it's turning into is actually um, going to be pretty cool. It sounds really, really cool. And, you know, I'll have to head out there at some point and check out, you know, everything. Uh, that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, let me know, man. Show you around. That's awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, with the off season, as long as it is, uh, as kind of switching over to Thanksgiving, that's two weeks away. Um, wait Already? two and a half weeks wow. yeah it's crazy to think about. <laughs> um you know life coming at you quick um you know but i guess what kind of traditions does your family normally have around thanksgiving time so i got a pretty big family i got about three events i go to each year um just spread out to the different families but it's it's good you know everyone tries to get together quite often with birthday parties and everything and thanksgiving is just another one on that list so 
Um, typically it's a, a day full of eating lots of good food. So I'll, I'll usually do a brunch, a lunch and a dinner all with different families on Thanksgiving day. So it's, it's pretty good entertainment to see everyone and do that. I'd say that's a, a lot of food. Uh, yeah. What was, what would you say would be your favorite meal or at least dish, you know, for Thanksgiving? Oh man. You know, a few years ago, I had like a big, huge craving for mashed potatoes with butter for some reason. Obviously being from Idaho, it's a good, good start, but, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just like Thanksgiving food. There's something about good home comfort food that just kind of hits the spot, but um, you know, kind of one of the fall staples that we have is my grandma's deer meat stew. And I've never it sounds heard of weird. That. Deer meat stew is like one of our things that is just, you cannot beat it. I, I guess, you know, some cultures have certain foods that are kind of their staple and reminds them of home. To me, that's deer meat stew. Hmm. I'm going to have to try deer meat stew. I, I don't even know if I've ever had deer meat to <laughs> begin with uh well I, i'll warn you deer meat is probably not the most palatable thing as a wild game meat but if you're used to it you're used to it but maybe start with elk elk is like a really good intro good. into it yeah yeah um, for sure yeah i'd say probably green bean casserole is always a classic i'd have to, I'd have to go with that that or obviously oh, mashed nice. potatoes um that's good that's good um, and uh you know since it's November also. Are you going to participate in No Shave November? Oh, I'm working on it right now. This is my my No Shave <laughs> already. <laughs> I cannot grow a beard. I got the baby face. So this is this is what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much save your I started with maybe like two days ago and then it gets to that point where it's just like the the uh what is it? Uh, Napoleon Dynamite you go for Pedro look. For yes. yes. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the point funny. My mom will just be like, you need to shave it like within like three days. I'm like, I'm trying to do something cool. And then it's like you try for a couple of days and it's like not gonna work. This looks all scraggly. Yeah, not, and, not so cool. No, <laughs> yeah. maybe one day. My goal one day is to have a big old Duck yep. Dynasty beard. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't <laughs> Can know. You if... imagine that just out of the bottom of a helmet, this big old beard hanging out. So cool. <laughs> be a signature look right there. I think you make like it could be t-shirt, sticker, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll see. I know. I'm just. I keep on thinking. Maybe if I keep shaving more, you know, frequently, it'll like automatically just go boom and one day you wake up and it's right there but yeah i'm pretty much stuck with this for for life it's all right that's all right uh final question for me um when is it the best time to start playing christmas music because i know that's a pretty controversial topic oh yeah uh, it's funny i just got asked that same question last night at one of the bible study groups i went to um but yesterday i heard the first christmas song uh so it? I can't even remember. I turned it off. It's too early, but I think anytime after Thanksgiving is about the right time. So I don't know. I feel like I kind of go back and forth. Some years you're more into it. And then you hear like Mariah Carey, like the, <laughs> the all I went for Christmas, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, turning that off. And then like this year, I'm like, I'm ready to jam out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of it's funny. I think, I think a month of Christmas music is enough because it always goes long. It right? does. Like there's always, two to three weeks after Christmas that's still playing Christmas music. So, uh, yeah, I think we got plenty of time left before Christmas to, to play some. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually the one that has like even a Christmas, a little like fake Christmas tree up in my basement from what 
November till July, something like that. Yeah, always prepared. Good. Always prepared. That's good. <laughs> Christmas in July. <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah, that's all the questions I have. Uh, you know, it's always great talking to you. And, um, you know, thank you for coming on the show once again. Second time, by the way. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure. No, thank you for having me. It's always great talking to you. Um, so, yeah, if you ever want to talk again during the racing season, hopefully we'll have a couple of wins between now and then. But, yeah, yeah until next time. Yeah, that Thank sounds you. perfect. Hey, good luck this season. Uh, you know, I'll talk to you here soon. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Thanks. You have a good day. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Behind the Catch Fence with special guest Stingray Rob. Uh, Stingray, just, man, he's one of the most enjoyable people to talk to. Uh, you know, it's just really cool to always talk to a guy around my age who just, you know, has the same type of, you know, just beliefs and you know and just have like such like like a, a rooted in uh you know in faith um you know mindset and it's just so cool just to you know talk about anything and uh, you know as you can see my uh, beard <laughs> it isn't off to a good start i guess you could say it's a good start at least for no shave november what are we in november 2nd so two days in um you know not the best so far but who knows you guys will get like a, an inside look on uh, how this is going if i end up shaving it within another couple days but uh, i always grateful for uh, Stingray Rob to be on the show for episode 40, um, you know, and hopefully we'll have him on the show here again soon. Uh, working hard to uh, get some more guys on the show. Uh, you'll see those here soon. Uh, I'll have like another couple uh, episodes just uh, recapping the NASCAR season, uh, the finale at Phoenix, which is going to be crazy. Uh, so look out for that episode. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Behind Catch. Uh, you can also subscribe to it, listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So, you know, you guys can listen or watch uh, on those platforms. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening, and uh, you know, I'll catch you guys later.